content warning. On this podcast, we discuss sensitive issues, including but not limited to swearing, tasteless jokes, mentions of drug use, and situations of a sexual nature. This podcast is not intended for children. Hi. What are you all up to this week? That was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bibliorex, where we don't know how to begin our show. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> hey, Bam Bam. Hey, Bugs. How are you doing this week? I'm I'm tired. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's ibuprofen and caffeine. I wish I had more caffeine. I didn't have my second cup of coffee. <laughs> Uh, I've had too many energy drinks. Well, what wrecked you this week? Uh, well, let, let me ask you, how do you feel about manipulative relationships and uh, hurting people? Uh, I try not to be part of those things. They can make for a good story so long as there's like a good recovery arc hmm. or... Somebody is like able to learn hmm. <laughs> or grow, but yeah, I, I don't usually care for that kind of book. Yeah. No, I'm not excited about that. Well, I've got bad news. Oh no! Uh, this is uh, a rare, very well written book and well executed story, but makes me feel spiritually bad. Ugh. So mm-hmm. it's it's a bad vibes, but good execution. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh man. This one's gonna. This one. I I read this one like twice, and I still feel icky at the end. Oh no! <laughs> Am I gonna need a shower when we're done? You might. You might. <laughs> <sighs> so, what's the name of this book? This book is called "Dirty Liar" by Marissa Finch. I don't think I've read that author, but I'm not sure. I, I'd never read her either, but uh, she's apparently pretty good from my personal opinion. Okay. Uh, couple of warnings before we start. Number one, spoilers. Yeah. Duh. Yeah, clearly. And also a warning for sexual violence and regular violence. Ooh, uh, mm-hmm. Like domestic violence kind of thing? Yeah, but kind of worse, in Ooh. my opinion. Okay. So, the story starts off, a woman is running through the forest, like, on a hiking trail, with her German shepherd named King. Okay. Yeah. And at this point in the story, it very clearly isn't naming the character. Uh, okay. Yeah, like, it's purposely, like, uh, you're getting to know the character a little bit, okay. but you never get a name throughout the entire first chapter. Right. Hmm. Okay. Another thing the book does... It bounces back and forth between present and past. So this first part is the present. Okay. And it constantly bounces back and forth. I'm not going to do that for simplicity's sake. Okay. But sometimes it'll jump back and forth between present and six months before. Will you not know who is doing things in the scenes when it jumps time? So, like, if you're jumping back in time, will you know who the people are? Or is it the time jump that's hidden? No, the, it, it's 
at the beginning of every chapter it tells, tells you, you. When. okay because yeah. some some things kind of like um the witcher yeah they jumped from time period to time period and, and they it doesn't don't tell, tell you, you. Mm-hmm. and then it's a surprise yeah no that's not that's not a part of this okay mm. well that's good yeah. because that makes it a little more straightforward yeah honestly i think that kind of twist is a little cheap like if done well like with the witcher mm-hmm. it's good but it's a hard one to pull off right anyway this character is like watching over her shoulder she's like got the constant feeling that someone is like following her while she's on this hike okay has like no discernible actual clues just vibes okay is is this a suspense novel yeah suspense thriller i think okay. is the genre yeah okay. so uh she's following her dog and uh going further down the trail when all of a sudden the dog just bolts off the trail okay and uh, she's like worried and she's constantly thinking about uh, worried about the dog and like thinking about the recent investigation. And it just kind of leaves it vague like that. Okay. Uh, so she takes off after the dog. Dog's running through the woods and all of a sudden she falls in a hole. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. So she gets to the bottom of the hole and notes that the hole is a square eight by eight, 12 feet deep. Like a basement? Like a square hole someone dug in the woods. Oh, like a trap. Yeah, like she pretty early on notes that it looks man-made. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also another visceral thing that this book does, a lot of the injuries and stuff, it's a little graphic. Okay. Like at this point, she falls down the hole and like bites her tongue. Ow. Like almost in half. And so it's like you're tasting blood, you're mm-hmm. gagging, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. So this is like a visceral gut punch right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. It, it makes you feel makes you feel bad for women, this whole entire book. Well, I in mean, general. that can be good, depending. Yeah. <laughs> if it improves your empathy and not if it just uh I think it does do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then there's a time jump. We go back to six months before, and you're not really sure if this is the same character, because number one, they act so different. Okay. And that was my first impression upon reading it. Okay. So the six months before timeline, we learn that that protagonist's name is Lily. Okay. And she has just gotten engaged to by her boyfriend, James, on a sudden proposal vacation. Okay. Hmm. And uh, James is very knowledgeable about Lily's dislikes and likes. Hmm. Uh, just going to let the cat out of the bag. He's very controlly. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But she's like happy with him? She's happy for the moment. Okay. Yeah. Like not a very forward thinking kind of relationship here. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. James is a architect firm CEO. He's charming and into... Hardcore BDSM. Is she? Not initially. Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just from these two initial chapters, you can tell that these are very different seeming people. Like the person six months before is like very confident and feels very savvy. While the person in the present situation is like almost a claustrophobic personality. So you're brought into it wondering... What happened that caused this personality change? Is it even yeah, the same person? Right. Interesting. Yeah. That sounds like it's a 
pretty good out the gate then. Yeah, it is. Yeah, at this point, it would switch back to the present situation, but I'm just going to keep going with the six months before timeline. Right. Just so we can stay track on that for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. So after the proposal, Lily and James return home after uh, their vacation, only to find a dead crow in their living room, dead for at least a few days. Oh. And uh, that's something else. But not a broken window. Nope, no broken window. So someone put it there. That's uh, what you're supposed to think, right? Sort of, yeah. Okay. But that's another through line between the six-month situation and the present situation, is that both of them uh, say, like, right off the bat that they hate birds. Okay. Like, the person in the present situation hates birds, and the six months ago, Lily hates birds. Okay. She is very worried, like, right away, uh... There are no open windows in the apartments. The door was locked. She's certain that there's no way that they could have let a bird in on their way out of the apartment. Right. You would have noticed that. Yeah. So this thing has been in the apartment like dead for a few days. Like been there long enough to have starved to death. Oh. Mm -hmm. How long were they gone? Like over a week. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess a crow would starve and die in a week. Yeah. And right away, uh, James becomes very demanding and rude. He asks for uh, some gloves and she grabs some from his closet. And he says, not my fucking good driving gloves. He snaps. Work gloves, dish gloves, something. And like, she's very, like, very clearly freaked out in this situation. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So he picks up the bird and puts it in the trash bag and takes it out. She's cleaning up, like, all of the bird shit and everything else from the apartment. She's just wondering, like, almost, like, in a stupor, worried about how this bird got into the apartment. And she keeps trying to talk to James about it, but he won't, like, hear it. He won't engage. Yeah, he won't acknowledge that something might be up deeper than, oh, it's just, just a fluke. Right. Yeah. I mean, because there are logical explanations, but if someone is truly afraid or dislikes something like that, that would be really, like, triggering Mm -hmm. and upsetting. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, if, you know, you had an understanding partner, they might empathize with that a little bit. Right. (laughs) Instead of infantilizing you about your worries and anxieties and stuff. (laughs) Uh, Anyway... And all the next day, she also she works at a ad agency firm, like works on, uh, I, I guess, like ad campaigns for like companies and stuff. So like in a marketing department? Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's honestly kind of vague. Like I keep forgetting, kept forgetting what she did for work. So it just doesn't really matter in the story. Yeah, not really. And she's. Almost neglecting her work all the next day, worried about this bird and what it could mean, stuff like that, uh, until Damien and Aurora, her co-workers, ask about her new ring, and she gets to talk about that, and she eventually just kind of forgets for a little while. Mm, okay. Yeah. Better supportive co-workers than your future spouse. Yeah, like, they're, <laughs> she, she gets along with Damien, but uh, there's some kind of, like, enmity between her and Aurora for mm. some reason. So during the whole thing with the bird, she also noticed that she had lost her keys to the apartment. Oh, so Mm -hmm. that's even more concerning. Like someone broke in and stuck this bird in my house. Mm -hmm. And that was another thing she tried to talk to James about was where her keys might have went. Right. And yeah, James doesn't 
he he gaslights her about it. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you probably just forgot them at work or something right before we went on vacation. Yeah, because you're a woman. <laughs> lovely. He sounds lovely. Oh, he's great. <laughs> Favorite character. So yeah, while she's looking for her keys, uh, she starts drinking because, you know, she's very rot about the entire situation and uh james like antagonizes her about how much she's drinking <laughs> instead of helping look for the keys or actually like yeah try to calm her down or help in the situation yeah nice. he's just like stop overreacting you crazy lady Here, here's another defining thing about their relationship uh later on that evening james wants sex and the way the text says it uh, she goes along with it because that's what it takes to be with James. Yikes. Mm -hmm. Like He's presented as uh, like this very powerful personality. And, and she goes along to keep the peace. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It feels icky. Oh, I feel icky. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so she finds her keys at work the next day. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. And they're in her desk, just like James said. So that makes you wonder, mm -hmm. did James steal them and stick them in her yeah. desk? Oh, my God. But for what reason? Because he was right. on vacation with, with her. her. That would be bizarre. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of left wondering, is she crazy or is he crazy? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's taken aback by this whole thing. And she's like second guessing herself about like everything at this point. Right. Because that's what happens when you get gaslit too much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Lily brings home groceries like they have this kind of system like she'll go out and buy a bunch of ingredients and he'll uh, do like a, a, a cooking thing mm -hmm. where he'll just whip up a dish using those ingredients, whatever she just happens to buy. That's one positive about him, I guess. He can cook. He can cook. The bar is so low. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll take what I can from this book. <laughs> So she goes and gets groceries, and we get a description of James's rich boy apartment. It's very, like, clean and... What, what do you call it? Is it, like, a minimalist? Yeah, modern? like a minimalist uh, style. Okay. Uh, as she enters the apartment, she thinks she can hear something going on inside, and that the door may have been unlocked, but she doesn't think about that until she you know, opens the door. As she enters, she also smells a hard to identify smell it's so it's explained like really vaguely like it makes sense in a way like if you're remembering a thing but you don't get enough to actually trigger what you're thinking of right like it tickles like yeah your brain and you're like yeah what was that and it's better described in the book than the way i'm describing it so mm -hmm. <laughs> another night of her being anxious and starts drinking wine and James gets controlly about how much she's drinking again. So he knocks a glass out of her hand onto the floor and breaks the glass. Oh, yikes. And makes her walk on the pieces. <gasps> uh, no, mm -hmm. I got a piece of glass stuck in my foot one time. Mm -hmm. And that was torture. Mm -hmm. It was torture. And it was the tiniest piece, but it felt huge. Mm -hmm. And Ugh. she's like so keyed in on this guy too. Uh -huh. Like she knows that this is like his way of i guess regaining like some amount of control in the situation right and she like she could like easily like tiptoe around the glass but she knows what he wants and what he wants is for her 
to step on the glass like for him to satisfy him. <sighs> and it's ugh. Uh-huh. It makes my skin crawl. Yeah, I don't think any amount of good cooking makes up for his character flaws. No, no. She then uh, describes James caringly taking out the glass. Like, now that she's done this... He's punished her, and now he's going to love bomb right. and make it better and yep. kiss her boo-boos. God, whoever wrote this really gets, mm-hmm. like, controlling narcissistic partners. Yeah. Like, oh that my was God. my thought. I was like, yeah, this is how this shit goes. It really is. <laughs> like, when I was in a domestic violence situation, that's exactly how mm-hmm. that person acted. Yeah. It was like, I was scared to death. I thought that I had screwed up. And then the next day, no, everything's fine. We're just going back to normal and mm. cooking dinner and doing whatever. Mm. God, I don't think I could read this book. I think it would be too triggering. It is. It is a hard read. Uh, I've never been in a domestic violence situation, and it it was almost too much for me. (laughs) Wow. I've actually got the quote from that whole situation. Uh I I forgot I had that. Uh, Being with James, it's like being on the blade of a very sharp knife. At one time... The idea of his proclivities might have repelled her, but at one time the idea of any man repelled her. Instead, she'd found herself coming alive under his touch, blossoming under his strict hand. She'd heard the expression once, bloom where you're planted. This is where she had been planted, at the intersection of sex and violence and fear. In this moment, she knows she has a choice. She could take a very big step toward him, get her foot over most, if not all, of the broken glass, but that isn't what he wants. He wants to know that she is willing to endure this for him. So she takes a small step forward, the glass grinding into the bottom of her bare foot. The first step isn't too bad. The shards are small and mostly lay flat. And at first it doesn't feel much worse than walking over gravel or sharp beach sand. She takes her second step and shards pierce her heels. She wants to wince, but she forces her face to remain neutral. She takes another step and another. The glass slices into her skin. Blood starts to trickle from her foot. Pain ribbons up her legs. She keeps walking. Bloom where you're planted is bullshit anyway. Mm -hmm. Plants just die. It is. If you plant them in the wrong spot. Mm -hmm. And that's on you as the person planting them to put them in the right right spot. (laughs) And it takes all agency away Mm -hmm. from you as a person when you're told to bloom where you're planted because you are being equated with a vegetable Mm -hmm. who has no legs. And that's not what you are. You're a goddamn woman. Mm. Walk out of there. Right. But, I mean, it's it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. But, oh, and she's like, and she is so clearly knowledgeable about what's going on Mm -hmm. and is choosing to stay. Yeah, like that's... that is so hard. I mean, that that does happen. That Mm -hmm. is a choice women can make. Yeah. Like, she's, like, toxically into this. Like but she's, she's not like a sub, like choosing to be right. part of the BDSM sub. Like that's not her choice mm-hmm. in the relationship, is it? Or does she want to be that? Does she want to be a sub? She wants to be with James. Okay. And deal, like just like with the sex earlier, she is willing to deal with it to stay with James. But she's not into it. It's not her key. No. It, it's very much just his thing. And she's just... <laughs> allowing it uh, why did you pick this uh, i picked it on a lark and <sighs> regretted it 
Like, I almost didn't do this just because it's very well written. Right. And it sounds like the author very clearly understands human mm-hmm. relationships. But it's so grueling. Right. So, it is just so bad. This, okay. this is a bad book in that way. Right. But you know what isn't bad? Uh, what? These ads. Nice. Hello, Biblio freaks, geeks, and lovers. Bugs here with a couple of notes. We have a Patreon where every month we focus on a bad book, bad movie combo. Please leave comments and suggestions on our Facebook page or email us at biblioreks at gmail.com. That's spelled B-I-B-L-I-O-W-R-E-C-K-S at gmail.com. We are on all the socials at Bibliorex. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you are enjoying these bad books as much as we are. And now we're back from our ads about ourselves. What's up next, Bam Bam? So he puts her to bed in what she describes as a very paternal way. Like she's like his little doll. Uh-huh. And it's... Uh. <laughs> 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 it, may- uh, it makes me want to cut off my skin. So I should not call you daddy. <laughs> 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 so it's at this point that Sorry. it's okay. <laughs> it's at this point she notices a picture on her nightstand has changed to a different picture like before it was a picture of their vacation uh-huh. and it's changed to like a picture of like a lake and this like triggers her and it like uh starts like going over like some of her memories of I can't remember how, like her past life. Uh huh. Like before. Yeah, like I guess her her right. teenage years. Uh, and she's very triggered by this, and she takes the picture to James and is like, "This isn't the f- fucking picture that I put in this, and someone's changed it." And he's like, "No, you probably changed it yourself." <laughs> so this is gaslighting the manual. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> And it's so bad because at first she's like, surely I didn't. But every time it goes over it in the text, she's like, I don't think I did. And like just more doubt, like creeping in every time she reviews it in her head. Because human memory is malleable. Yeah. That that happens in our brains. Oh, my God. It's done so well and I hate it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So swap back to uh, the present time in the hole. Okay. So she's just following this hole. She takes inventory. She's got a Fitbit, uh, a phone with no signal, because of course. Right. Uh, Out in the woods. Mm, pepper spray, a windbreaker, and a dog leash. But not the dog? No, the dog is outside the hole. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the dog is like... So she was chasing after the dog, but mm-hmm. the dog didn't fall in the hole. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, so right now, King, the dog, is just sitting on the edge of the hole watching her. Yeah, it's very sad. Um, For anyone that's triggered by that kind of thing, the dog doesn't die. Okay, good. Yeah. (laughs) Good spoiler this time. Yeah. uh, I I know a lot of people get really anxious about that. I think they've got like an entire website dedicated to that. Uh, It's like, doesthedogdie.com. Really? For like movies and stuff. (laughs) I need to show that to my kid Mm because she's always like, do they die? Yeah. Well, it's it's got like... (laughs) trigger warnings for dozens of things not just right. whether the dog dies gosh that might be handy for me mm-hmm. 
So she's in the hole and she's like rationalizing that, you know, the next day is Monday. Surely someone will notice her absence from work and like, you know, going through all the things that why she shouldn't be freaking the fuck out. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a freak the fuck out moment yeah, to me. It, it is. And it gets more that. So later on, she has to pee, but remembers a terrifying time in a closet soaking the floor in piss. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like as a child being locked nope. in a closet? Nope. Oh. As an adult. Oh, dear. Being forced into a closet for many, many, many hours. Uh, then she tries to dig for a little bit and quits because it's hard to dig in dry dirt with your hands. Yeah. I guess. That's why most people have tools yep. when they dig holes. Yep. Uh, and she is certain now that the hole is man man-made, but tries her best to reassure herself that someone will save her. So later on, she wakes up the next day after sleeping in the hole, uh, attempts a couple of different uh, escapes and doesn't it fails. Uh, and then someone outside the hole speaks to the dog, but stays out of view. And she's like shouting, like trying to get the person's attention and is totally ignored. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. And like the voice is like. Yeah, talking kindly to the dog. Like, come here. He's like, you're a good boy. Oh, yeah. like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the voice ignores her, except uh, to tell her to shut up when she gets too insistent. So they know that she's in the pen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> and even that, she, like, tries to rationalize away. Like, I don't know why, but... <laughs> Maybe it's something, maybe it's a weird situation. She's like trying to do so many mental loops as to why not to be freaking the fuck out. <laughs> then a bottle of water and a sandwich are thrown down in the hole. And the sandwich is from her favorite deli in the city. So it's someone who knows. Mm -hmm. Which again, she tries to rationalize it again. Be like, there's like four of those locations in the city. It could be anybody. <laughs> So she spends the entire book gaslighting herself. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, ostensibly, she is a victim of abuse. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, I've done the same thing. But it's like, it's like, sometimes if you can recover mm -hmm. from those domestic violence situations, you will at some point mm -hmm. regain trust in yourself. It took me forever to be able to trust myself. Mm -hmm. That, yes, I closed this door and locked it. Mm -hmm. No, you're lying to me. Mm -hmm. I still struggle when my kids are like, I didn't eat that cookie. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe they didn't. Maybe yeah. I'm crazy. Where's the cookie? I don't know. Yeah. And I understand that. It's just, but the whole book is inside her head. And yeah. so it's like her over and over and over mm -hmm. just, yeah, struggling with rationalization, but also just not facing like reality. Mm -hmm. uh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Finally, after rationalizing or tr attempting to rationalize to herself after a while, she does conclude that she is trapped there, not stuck there. Like kidnapped, essentially. Mm hmm. Uh, another night in the hole wondering about Sandwich Man. She wonders whether it's James or not. But, That's what I was wondering. Mm hmm. But she decides that this is too clean a job for, for him because he's. A very, you know, minimalist, clean apartment. 
doesn't uh, get his hands dirty with yeah dirt. like he's the ceo of an architect firm not you know someone building the house right mm. okay and she thinks vaguely of what happened six months ago totally do totally yeah. do <laughs> <laughs> She despairs and feeds King part of her sandwich. So is King in the hole with him? No, he's still outside the hole. So she threw a piece of sandwich 12 feet in the air at the dog. Yep. And the dog didn't go with the voice person. Nope. Okay. He like it, it's it's said several times that the dog the dog is very dedicated to her. Okay. Well, like he, he, he's even a, if it is James, the uh-huh. dog is loyal to her and not to James. Uh, the dog is new. Like she's only had him for like a short time. Okay. Um, I, I think that's how that worked. Like, she had recently picked him up from the pound. Okay. Mm. Uh, two more days pass, and she's starting to lose hope. The man returns to throw more water and sandwiches at her. She asks for water for her dog, but is unsure if she was actually heard. Now, another time jump back to six months ago. Okay. Lily is afraid someone knows about her past and her changed identity. Oh. Mm-hmm. Lily is about to go to work wearing flats because her feet are fucked up. Oh, yeah. But James insists on her wearing heels because a fucking course he does. Oh. Hey, can I just say something that mm-hmm. everyone's thinking? Yeah. Lily and James is the name of Harry Potter's parents. Yeah, I had that thought too. <laughs> <laughs> and it really bugs me. <laughs> I'm really annoyed by uh, this uh, name yeah, uh, I, choice. I, I'm a little less Harry Potter pilled, so it didn't occur to me until my second reading yeah. that those were the names. Go on. <laughs> then she gets to work, and a former boyfriend or rapist. This she's kind. She's kind of vague about it. Uh, from her hometown, recognizes her, and she's like, "Oh shit, it's Connor." <laughs> And he keeps calling her Stacy. Uh, and now it kind of makes sense as to why she isn't named in the present. Right. Because her name's kind of still up in the air, I guess. Right. Yeah. So he keeps calling her Stacy and she's just like, eh, like gets on an elevator and like avoids him. And she goes back to her office. And she's so shook by this that she goes to a meeting and like part of her job is like to settle up deals with other companies and stuff. Right. And she goes through an entire meeting, doesn't listen to anything and just agrees to everything they ask for. Oh, no. (laughs) That could get you fired. Yeah. Uh, This makes Aurora really pissed because she's the actual project manager. So she's the one that's actually got to execute on all the shit that. (laughs) Lily agrees to. And then she talks a little bit about Aurora. uh, And she's like really mean to Aurora (laughs) in her head. Shocking red hair and dusting of freckles that Lily has to admit are rather charming is trembling with anger. Look, Lily says, it is what it is. And then this is Aurora. It is what it is because you have no backbone, Aurora spits. I guess I shouldn't be surprised, she says. So they have beef. Yeah. And she kind of says that last part under her breath, but Lily hears it anyway. And she says, what is that supposed to mean? And (laughs) this is the main part. Aurora doesn't answer, but folds her arms over her narrow chest. Like, that's just... (laughs) That's just so spiteful and shitty. Yeah. 
So for the rest of the day, while she's at work, she plans to like search for more clues as to who could possibly be going into their apartment. And uh, at the same time, she's also very fearful that James will find out that she's looking for clues because <laughs> he's like told her to like drop it. Right. So she gets home and she like looks throughout the entire apartment except for James's office because she's afraid that he might see that she's like moved something or been in there or anything. Does she live with him? Yeah. They live in the same apartment? Mm -hmm. But it's his apartment. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So like she had moved in with him at some point. Mm -hmm. I'm I can just remember the walking on eggshells and being terrified and this is just taking Yeah, me this back. is this is very much that. And I'm <laughs> very sorry for doing that. <laughs> As she's looking through their room, uh, she remarks on some familiarity with James's closet. Is that the one that she peed in? You don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry! <laughs> uh, James comes home drunk and amorous. Lily mentions that it's an awful big coincidence that she lost her keys and someone changed the photo. And the bird got into the apartment on the same weekend they were gone. James is mad that she brought it up at all and continues to gaslight her, uh, mentioning that it must just be wedding stress and asks about her allegedly dead parents. Mm. Uh, she thinks about all the lies that she's told to James and about the blood on her hands. Dun, dun, dun. Ah. So she attempts to like let go and just drop it like James said. And forget the entire situation. She has more work trouble with Aurora. Like Aurora is still pissed off at her. And the guy that recogni recognized her. Uh, his name was Connor. I, I, don't, I can't remember if I mentioned it. She's worried about him. Like finding her. And he's like going to the uh, front desk clerk. Like asking for her. And like he doesn't say Stacy. He just describes the woman. Right. Or describes yes. Lily. And uh yeah, it's, it's just very stalkery <laughs> right off. Yeah. Uh, so she goes to pick up more groceries and she's feeling like followed the entire time, you know, kind of like at the beginning of the book. <laughs> Paranoid, scared, looking mm -hmm. over her shoulder. Yeah. Uh, so she gets back to the apartment and she's like so keyed up. Uh, she hears somebody like walking up behind her and she like pulls her pepper spray, pepper sprays James in the face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she's like immediately like mortified <laughs> she offers to take him to the er but he refuses and is like in the bathroom for like an hour just trying to wash out his eyes i guess and she's just like in a frantic state <laughs> oh my god but he refuses to go to the er and specifically says that she didn't want him or anyone calling the police so now she's worried that he knows something about her past. And is hinting at her. Yeah. Like, she hasn't told him any of this stuff, but he's kind right. of given a little hint that he, he knows something. And it could be he's just being an ass and mm -hmm. pushing. Because people like that will push every button until yeah. they see what you react to. Mm -hmm. So they'll act like, oh, I know what you were doing. And you could have been going and buying groceries, but they will. So, oh, he saw me buy the expensive wine. He mm -hmm. saw me buy cigarettes. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm going to die. So it could be like nothing to do with what she's thinking about. Right. <laughs> So at this point, uh, James kind of like orders her to take some Xanax that he gives her 
he like personally prescribes her some Xanax to chill her out. Don't drink too much. Here, take these prescription yeah. drugs. <laughs> well, that's different because he's telling he's her. He's controlling it. Yeah. <laughs> he's controlling the quantity and uh, the timing. This is really triggering my I have to go in and save them personality <laughs> trait that has become toxic over uh, the years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So Lily shows up to work on Xanax the next day. And this is when Connor asks to see Lily, but um, her assistant sends him off. Lily is worried about the warrant for Stacy Kincaid, her former identity. Oh, so then we find out there was a warrant for her mm-hmm. previous persona. Yep. Wow. And she's afraid that Connor is like trying to blackmail her or turn her in or something. Right. Yeah. Because she's from her hometown because... This takes place in Seattle, but she's originally from North Carolina. So she flew, she, she fled across the country. Yeah. So Connor's from her hometown, but he's in Seattle mm-hmm. he, and he found her. Yep. Just like he, I don't think like he was looking for her. He, he just, just happened, happened yeah. to be in a humongous city <laughs> mm-hmm. full of people. Yep. Wow. <laughs> so she flashes back to her childhood and the sexual assault. From her father and the art teacher that gave her a new identity and sent her to Seattle and how that whole thing went. Uh, Yep. So now we see where the relationship with James is familiar and comforting and Mm -hmm. also terrifying. Yeah. Like it kind of gives you the vibe. Like she feels comfortable (laughs) treading these dangerous waters is kind of the impression you get. Yeah. Like she's like trying to be strong in these awful situations. So after that entire thing, uh, day of work, uh, she goes back home and cleans the apartment and finds a feather under their bed. A crow feather? Mm-hmm. Eh. And she's certain it wasn't there before because she had already cleaned the house right after the bird had died. Oh, no. Yeah. So now there's more. Who's mm-hmm. getting into my house and who's moving things around? Mm-hmm. Oh, so this causes Lily to buy cameras to put in the apartment. I mean, that is sensible. Yep, it is sensible. But she also has to keep it a secret from James. Nanny cams. <laughs> because if James finds, finds out, he will make her. her walk on more glass. Right. <laughs> but she decides that more proof is the only thing that will convince James. Uh-huh. So she's going to wait until she actually gets like real physical evidence that someone is entering the apartment before engaging with him again. Because if they had taken her key and it was gone over a weekend, they may could have made a copy mm-hmm. and come in and now they can just get in whenever they want. Yep. <sighs> Lovely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after she buys the camera, she like rushes in the apartment thinking that she hears somebody inside and she like rushes in the apartment, and scares the shit out of the cleaning lady. <laughs> So she cleans the apartment and they have a cleaning lady. Mm -hmm. Is James like obsessed with like perfectionism and cleanliness and stuff? Yeah, it never says specifically, but it kind of gives that vibe. Okay. Yeah. She actually scares this this poor cleaning woman like twice in a row. Like she does it again. Like in another, the very next page, she like just kind of walks up and is like standing behind this cleaning lady. And she's like remarking uh, about what an interesting lady she is when she's not like terrified talking to her employers. And that's a weird vibe. She sounds very unstable in herself. Mm-hmm. Like, not to be victim blamey or anything, mm-hmm. but she does sound a bit neurotic. Mm-hmm. 
and those people that type of person it's a lot easier to be taken advantage of mm -hmm. other people will latch onto that energy and feed the beast mm. that neuroses actually keeps going right because mm -hmm. she gets very obsessive about the cameras that she sets up yeah because mm -hmm. she's like got an app on her phone and uh -huh. she's like like getting some kind of relief just from like watching the cameras and seeing that there is nobody in the apartment at that yeah. moment yeah, this is uh, a quick quote just about how fucking scared she is of James. She can't help but look over her shoulder. She still has a sense of being followed, but she tries to tell herself she's just being on edge as a result of the errands this morning. James won't like it, and the thought of pissing him off makes her uh, almost unbearably nervous, but her paranoia is stronger. She's more afraid of a stranger breaking into her home than she is of James. Yeah, she's more afraid of the monster she doesn't know than the monster she does know. Right. But that is a bonkers-ass statement to say about someone you're in a relationship with. Uh, I mean, sometimes you stay in those relationships because you do have control. Right. Because you can control that kind of man mm -hmm. by being subservient, yeah. by kowtowing, Act, by acting, acting the, right, the way they the want. The correct way. Yeah. Versus a completely unknown, you have no control over that at all. Mm. And that's what the cameras are like showing, like a need to control, a need to know, micromanaging, and like the obsessive cleaning. Yeah. So she desperately wants... A sense of control hmm. and that can be easier to find with someone who's abusive than with i mean that's why a lot of people struggle with leaving because it is unknown hmm. being on your own moving out finding a new apartment yeah those things are really scary because you haven't done them before or they're unknown they're hmm. new and that can be really hard yeah but golly this author is killing me <laughs> killing you're killing me smalls uh, <laughs> yeah uh, throughout this entire thing, uh, Connor sends her an email wishing to reconnect, and Lily thinks this is like a veiled threat. This puts Lily off kilter, and she ends up attacking the outdoor uh, porch sofa, thinking like, because it's got like a cover on it, and she's oh. like panicking, like thinking someone is hiding under that cover, and like James catches her, and she's just like, I don't even have a defense for that, I was acting crazy as fuck. <laughs> Oh, no. So that gives him more weaponization. Yeah, and it gives her more self-doubt because she's actually acting crazy now. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. But you know what won't gaslight you and uh, feed you Xanax? Me? No. Oh, sorry. These ads. <laughs> <laughs> Your face. <laughs> uh. Hello fellow Bibliofreaks, Bam here. I just wanted to mention our Patreon bonus materials. At $1 you are buying us a cup of coffee and the warm feeling of supporting our creativity. At $5 you get the bonus bad book, bad movie episode, as well as early ad-free release of all our episodes. The $10 tier gives you the bonus episode, ad-free episodes, as well as show notes, and a chance to hang out with us on Twitch every month. Thank you for listening. Now let's get back to the bad book. Welcome back to Bibliorax, where we wreck your heart. <laughs> so, Bam Bam, what's next? Well, it doesn't get better. <sighs> so we switch back to the present time in the hole. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, in my notes, I've just got it written as present hole. Oh. <laughs> so in the hole, she starts going over memories and uh, a horrible day of pain, rage, and a fall. And this is a flashback to a different time while she's in the hole? or It's she's... more just a reference, like okay. a momentary, like that's what she thinks, like she's thinking of a, a horrible day of pain, rage, and a fall. Right. And she's gotten to the point that she's so lonely that she misses, is starting to like crave the presence of the sandwich man. Yeah. Even though he's pretty clearly her captor. Yeah. And that's when she hears King lapping water. So the sandwich man has you know, brought a bowl of water for King at her request. And he finally shows himself wearing a ski mask at the side of the hole. And he says, I want you to think about what you've done. And he like teases the water. And yeah, so, we, so we still don't know if this is James or someone else. Yeah, you just don't know. But she's sure she knows who it is. And the context of the story leads one to think it's James. Like, that's the very obvious answer. And yeah. if you've read a lot of these, most of the time you get that feeling. You kind of start expecting the subversion. You're expecting the twist. Yeah. Right. And it's such a good offer mm -hmm. that you think, oh, well, they wouldn't do something so obvious. Yeah. They've done so well this far. Right. <laughs> But she's definitely certain that something, regardless of who it is, something horrible is going to happen to her. So she tries digging again, and she actually follows through this time. And that's my only complaint with this book, is that she waits for over 10 days, starves, and <laughs> starves for the last three days before she tries digging her way out again. Is she trying to use, like, the water bottle? Well, what or? she does is she takes the dog leash and, like, uses, like, the snap for the collar to like dig into the ground and she's kind of like piling up the dirt uh, under her feet. Right. So at the same time, I'm like trying to kind of create like a slope or somewhere for her to grab onto. To try to climb out. Yeah. So that's what she's doing. And it took her 10 days to figure that out. And I think the reason for- Honestly though, yeah, I think that's on purpose from the author to show yeah, her mindset. Right. It, yeah. Even that I would still give a pass- just because of how he's or the author has made this person psychologically. Right. It just befuddles me personally. <laughs> because you as a man would be like, I'm digging out of this hole. Yeah, right I would now. punch my way out of the hole. <laughs> <laughs> I will have no fingernails, no toenails left by the time I get out of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she makes progress digging and she finally manages to get out of the hole and she like has like a, a nice moment with the dog. She's like so happy to be out and be able to get her dog away. Cause like the entire time she's been in the hole, she's like agonized over what the fate of the dog is going to end up being. Yeah. Like very worried. And she goes to leave. And that's when the man in the ski mask finds her again. <laughs> and he's like, where are you going? And he like grabs her. So then they're fighting. King joins in attacking the man and she like runs and she like gets a good way off, but he catches her and throws her back in the hole, kicks the shit out of the dog. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like he doesn't die, but the story doesn't tell you that. So you're left hanging. Yeah, you're left hanging. <laughs> and the character is also worried. Like she, after this scene, like the beating was apparently bad enough that she just assumed the dog died. 
And she's actually kind of relieved because she doesn't have to worry about what's going to happen to the dog. Yeah. So, but during the struggle, his mask gets pulled off. She sees who it is. She sees who it is. And it's James. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well. Yeah. I got to that point and I was like, that's disappointing. (laughs) I mean, who else would be so invested in her life? Right. But later you'll find out that actually is a twist and a reveal. Oh. (laughs) But we'll get there. It was her murdered parents' best friend who it was, chased her dad. It was big empty, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not to go to my friend. <laughs> or black empty. Black I empty. It was black empty. There, there's a thing in uh, the Fallout games. Uh, I think it's New Vegas. But there's uh, an area in the game called the Big Empty. So I, I've done it like several times, like during the other episode. <laughs> I've called Black Empty Big Empty. <laughs> and I probably didn't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, back to six months ago. So wait, Lily is in the hole after being thrown in by James. Mm-hmm. The dog is presumed dead up mm-hmm. above her yep. on the lip of the thing mm-hmm. and so now she's laying in the bottom of the hole flashing back to six months ago well the story does anyway she doesn't right personally but it's it's that's where we're leaving her kind of, yeah okay yeah uh so she at this point she's set up the cameras and every opportunity she's watching these cameras like almost like on an iv drip like this is the thing that's making her de-stress so almost like an OCD thing where that's the thing that makes you feel better. Yeah. That like, relieves that anxiety. Yeah. Very briefly. Like it, it gets to the point like she's watching the cameras while she's in the apartment. <laughs> right. <laughs> James almost catches her. Like he sees she's doing something fucky with her phone and he demands that she give it to him. And she quickly deletes the app for the cameras. Like conspicuously. Like he knows she did something. Right. But and then she gives him the phone and, you know, gets course, away with it that time. Yeah. But, you know, this just creates like a very auspicious gulf between them and their relationship, like just this big elephant in the room that can't be brought up because he knows she's hiding something. Right. And she feels like she can't tell him because then she'd be in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. The next day, she, like, fights the urge to, like, download the app and start watching the cameras from her office again. Because it's, like, interfering with her work. But she finally gives in. And over the course of time, because there's another weird thing. She doesn't have a car. And James drives her to work every morning. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Because you would... Doesn't Seattle have, like, public transit and easy ways to get to and from? But he also doesn't pick her up from work. She, like, oh. walks home or takes the bus or something. But so he, he dro- just makes sure she's at work when yeah. he drops her off at work. Yeah. Uh, hmm. That's a weird thing. In the interim of her having the d- deleted the app, the cameras caught footage of James in the apartment after they had already left to go to work. So he returned home. Yeah. There's, like, no reason she can think of that he would have went back home instead of staying at work because he's kind of a workaholic. So she's seen evidence that he returned home mm-hmm. and she doesn't know why. Yeah. That evening, she like tries to find like a subtle way to bring it up. 
She's like, yeah, I called you, but your assistant said you were out at the moment, like trying to be subtle about it. And he was like, yeah, took an early lunch because uh, it was like 11 o'clock is when it was time stamped on the camera. And he's like, yeah, took an early lunch, uh, weren't in the office. So he has excuses. Mm hmm. But he's very clearly lying about where he was at that time. Right. And being sick. She knows about he's it. lying. He knows she knows he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> he knows she knows he knows she knows he's lying. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, it's, it's very cerebral, like trying to keep track of everyone's motivations and what everyone knows. Right. Uh, so she flashes back again to her past sexual assault uh, from her father because this goes on for like years like she describes like being a kid in her nighty and this happening to her right and she is a teenager graduating high school and she has decided that she's going to go to college for art and she tells her dad this he like freaks out. He's like, "No, your your place is here." And he like starts throwing away like all her stuff, like all her art stuff. And uh, so she grabs a lamp and hits him in the head, and he falls. Right. Mm-hmm. And then she keeps hitting him with the lamp, and he dies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that makes sense for why feeling like someone's in her house mm-hmm. is so triggering for her. Yeah. Because when you're unsafe in your own bed in your own home, mm-hmm. home becomes the threat. Yeah. And to have moved into this place with James and feeling a sense of security at the beginning of the story. Mm-hmm. And then to have that violated as we walk into the story with her, mm-hmm. that is that is really well done. Yeah, it is devious. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> but then it is really well done. Uh, yeah, then it Talks about the art teacher, like helping her out and uh, getting her moved to Seattle and what a transition that was and why it seemed like such a blessing to meet James. Because he rescued her. Mm-hmm. He was the next stop. Yeah, because she was like working at like, I think she was working at the ca- at a cafe mm-hmm. when they met and she like spilled coffee on him, like all over his new dry cleaning or something like that. Right. Some cried like that. So goes back to current time six months ago. Like, comes out of the flashback, but it's still six months ago. <laughs> yeah, that's the part that I am having, like, following along is being current time in the hole, mm-hmm. and then six months ago, mm-hmm. and then that six months ago, it has a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> but you're doing pretty good. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep everything straight. Yeah. Because there, there's a reason for trying to keep How it straight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, James forces more Xanax on her. She goes to work high and she's getting ready for a meeting when Connor catches her. Oh, no. And he tries to talk to her like he's kind of like trying to apologize and like be friendly. But she's like just so keyed up and anxious. She just like knees him in the balls (laughs) and runs away, which, yeah, right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. You don't owe him. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Uh, she meets Damien in the hall, uh, only to find out that she's already missed the meeting. Oh, no. And, like, the alarm on her phone was for the time that she got there, but the meeting was an hour earlier. So either it got put in wrong or something got changed, and you don't know mm-hmm. how that happened. Yeah, she immediately, like, starts, at the same time, like, coming up with, like, crazy theories, like, someone else did this, but also gaslighting herself. <laughs> Like, no, that would be crazy. 
<laughs> yeah. And being high on Xanax makes... Yeah, your, everything's muddy anyway. Right. And then having to keep up with and remember times and alarms and getting confused with Connor would yeah. make it all just a jumbled mess anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in her place, Aurora kind of had to take the lead on the project, and Aurora's like kind of gloating a little bit over Lily. Yeah. And Lily starts to suspect that maybe Aurora did it, but then she thinks back to the night before when she deleted the app and had to hand her phone off to James, and thinks maybe while he had the phone, he might have done it. Just to Just to screw with her. Yeah. So Lily decides to buy more cameras and tries to be normal. She remembers how her and James met at the coffee shop. Later on, he even admitted to contriving the situation to, like, meet her, which she thinks now should have, like, set off, like, some red flags. And at this point at work, she isn't even, like, trying to make it look like she's working. She's just constantly monitoring these cameras so so blatantly that both Damien and like Aurora like tries to bring like a, a a peace offering of donuts and Damien instead of firing her because she thinks that he should fire her uh, Lily does and uh, he's just like no take some take some leave and just Personal come back time yeah to figure this out. you know trying to not trying trying to be good about the whole thing yeah she says to him. She wishes that he had fired her in like a moment of like self-destructive honesty. Yeah, because that would be easier than having to actually go home, figure this out, pull Mm -hmm. yourself together, get back into work in a couple of days. Yeah. And then facing people who've seen you being neurotic, being, you know, at a bad point. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like kind of spiraling at this point or depressive spiraling. And she's like wondering what she's gonna do, how she's gonna tell James about this. And she just comes back to the apartment, and that's when she hears a thud in the living room as she gets to the door. So she like just goes in the apartment and looks around, and she can't figure out what what it possibly could have been. And she decides to check the cameras and reverses the feed a little bit to you know when she would have heard the sound, and she sees a person actually going across the camera's field of view and it's a a person that is still in the apartment (laughs) so she grabs a kitchen knife and hunts through the apartment like a crazed person which not irrational but i know but the better thing would be to call the cops but then she would be scared james would find out about the cameras because that would be the only way to know yeah but she's like a frothing mad person at this Mm -hmm. point and finally, she looks out on the patio balcony, you know, where she freaked out on the sofa before. And like uh, in the corner next to the sofa is like a little huddled figure under something or she can see a person. She's like behind a plant. Oh, and she taps the figure. And then we cut back to present. No. Damn it, why are you doing this to me? Because the book did it to me. Don't worry, it'll, it'll be revealed pretty quickly. But I'll have forgotten where we were and then I'll lose the suspense <laughs> and I hate it when they do that to me. Oh uh, my gosh. Don't, don't worry, it'll, it'll come back. Okay. Okay, so present in, di- the, in the present hole. Uh, her shoulder is broken and she's lamenting her failure 
and she's lamenting the death of King. She tries digging out again, but she's too injured. I mean, she's got broken shoulders. She can't yeah, dig and like no pull herself really out again. Yeah, there's no way you climb out with yeah. a broken shoulder like that. And she like starts to spiral and thinks she, that she deserves to die at this point. And uh, she's kind of stuck there in that, that feeling for a little while. So then James returns. Uh, he throws down some water and he asks her to tell him the truth. Uh, like blaming her for something. Okay. Like like the downfall of their relationship? I don't know. You don't know. Okay. <laughs> she thinks she knows what James wants and that she can use it now. And he like leaves for a little while and comes back the next night. And he returns and teases a bottle of water for the truth. He's like, if you tell me the truth, I'll give you some water. <laughs> so she tries to make a deal, like wagering her life, uh, if only to get out of the hole and be able to bury her dog, then she'll tell him. James lets her out. And while, while she's getting out of the hole, she's like remembering all the abuse that he's done to her. And then he asks her to tell him how Lily died. Um, how Lily died. So this isn't Lily. This is not Lily. The person that's been in the hole the whole time, not Lily. And cut back to on the patio six months before, Lily encounters Aurora from work. Behind the little thing on behind, the patio. Yep, yep. Has it been Aurora who's been doing all this stuff then? Some of it. I hate you. <laughs> I'm tired. I just want to go take a nap now. <laughs> uh, we're almost done. Oh, okay. Wait. So, King is Aurora's dog. Mm-hmm. And James captured Aurora. Mm-hmm. So Aurora has been flashing back. No, we've been inside Aurora's head thinking about six months ago, mm-hmm. but the flashbacks two six months ago were from Lily's point of view. Mm-hmm. So you're meant to think the whole time that it was Lily. Yeah. Like every time it's in the present. This is that twist you were teasing me yeah. about. That you've been it's a at really me good twist. For weeks. And you were like, <laughs> I can't wait to do this. And there's a twist. I've been. <laughs> I've been considering how to try to pull that twist off, like similarly to kind of how the story does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad it's worked out. You got me, man. Yeah. And I guess this book got you too. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, and it does it like really good. Like uh, the reference to the bird. Uh-huh. Like they both, Aurora hates birds for like a, a specific reason. But Lily hates birds for a, a vague reason. Like, it never goes into it why Lily hates birds. Huh. But they both hate birds. Okay. And there's also, at one point, like, a reference. They both separately reference the show Friends. Okay. Which you think tracks. But also, at the same time, everybody liked Friends. <laughs> I never watched it. <laughs> well, if you had watched it, if you would have. Okay. Like, yeah, everybody so. else back then, you would have liked it, okay. I'm sure. I guess so. Yeah, maybe. I, I've seen the memes. Yeah. I know it through memes. Mm-hmm. So. Huh. Okay, so there's enough similarities between them just as people mm-hmm. that you're able to, she's able to piece together this personality and it sounds similar enough. Yeah. Like wow. they, they generally are kind of just similar people, but also like they've also both got like a backdrop of abuse. Like Lily was abused by her dad. And Aurora was abused by James. 
which we're about to go into. Wait, I thought Lily was in the relationship with James. Yep. We're now going to flashback to from the present three or four years before. Okay. And this is Aurora remembering the meeting with James at the coffee shop, like having a separate meeting from Lily's. And apparently what happens is every time James sees somebody that he wants to get together with at a coffee shop, he just contrives like bringing some dry cleaning and forcing like a spill and he did that both times. To make them feel bad. Yeah. And like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll pay for your dry cleaning. Yeah. Or can I have your number? I'll make and, it up to you. And he like does the same play with both of them. Mm. Honestly, just reading this big paragraph of text is easier than trying to vaguely explain what's going on. Uh, something she herself can't quite grasp because of her station in life. The same way she can't taste the difference between a $200 bottle of wine and a jug of plunk from Trader Joe's. <laughs> I don't know what that means because I've never shopped at Trader Joe's, but... <laughs> I mean, their wine's okay, but it is like, it's generally cheap wine. Mm -hmm. She can let James cultivate her sexual palate the same way he's honing her taste for fine foods and wines. She's 22 years old, ready to have her eyes open to the world. But on that particular night, things take a turn. As he strips off her clothes, she throws her head back, delighting in his ministrations. When his teeth drag against her nipple, she leans into it. A searing pain erupts. She screams. She throws her head forward so fast her teeth snap. She looks down. Blood pools around her nipple. Jesus Christ, she, sh she cries. Uh, she tries to pull away to go to the bathroom to get a cold, wet face cloth. Uh, but James grabs her by the wrist. Where do you think you're going? Her mouth opens and closes a couple of times like a fish. You hurt me. There is surprise in her voice. Uh, did I? He says. She gingerly touches the nipple, inspecting it. I think I need stitches. She stares at him in disbelief, waiting for him to freak out and to apologize, uh, to fall over himself, taking care of her. Instead, he arches his eyebrows, uh, if it bothers you so much, you can leave. Oh my god. He says it plainly, uh, but I wasn't under the impression that you were such a child. Uh, so uh. he's into uh, the uh, violence part of BDSM and mm -hmm. not the consent part. Yep. And she goes into that later because she goes to therapy after this. And she discusses with her therapist what an actual healthy BDSM relationship is. Right. And there's like an uh, there's an argument to be made that the person in the sub uh, position is the power holder. Right. Because everything has to be with their consent. Right. And if they say no, that means no. Mm -hmm. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so her choice is stay with this guy that she really likes mm -hmm. and endure violence and abuse or just be kicked out. Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have any nuance. He doesn't. It's his way or the highway. Yep. Wow. And this is her making that choice. Uh, he sits down on the edge of the bed waiting. She looks back to the living room, to the door of the apartment. She could leave right now, she thinks. And chalk this up to another failed relationship that wasn't meant to be. Or she can grow the fuck up, meet James where he is, and let him take her to places she's never been. 
and she crosses the room and stands between his thighs. So she's like decided to play along with James, but she increasingly like just flinches every time it, she gets anywhere near the bedroom. Cause she's expecting pain and yeah. violence. So this leads James to become increasingly distant and eventually he cheats on her cause she has started sleeping in the guest room and he like very conspicuously cheats on her, like brings a girl home from the bar while she's at home and sleeps with this other lady. Because she's not being the good little mm-hmm. subservient person he wants yep. and she doesn't want to mm-hmm. end your pain. Mm-hmm. And that's part of like, if you're a sub, you have to be into it. You have mm-hmm. to enjoy that kind of activity because otherwise it's not really BDSM. It's just abuse. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So she couldn't take it anymore, and James dumps her and kicks her out uh, and buys her or pays for a new apartment for her for like two months or something like that, which that's just wild, like cheating on a girl, dumping her, and then paying for her apartment for two, a new apartment for two months it's just to get her co- out of your it's hair. It's still about control. Yeah, it is, but it's, yeah. it's so weird. The rich really do live differently. And are able to control differently. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So she goes to therapy and realizes what an abusive dick he was. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the present. Uh, Does she throw him in the hole? Does she throw him in the hole? Please throw him in the hole. Bury him. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that. (laughs) So Aurora relates to James that it was all an accident. Because she says what happened is... Lily was coming at her with the kitchen knife. Right. Because Lily was terrified and foaming at the mouth with anxiety and stress. And she said the only reason she was at the apartment was because she was worried about Lily because Lily had been acting crazy. Yeah. And uh, had the key? Does Aurora have the key to the apartment? Well, she had the key to the apartment when she was still with James. Oh, and it's the same apartment. Yeah. So she had a way in. Right. And apparently James is just so arrogant that he never changed the locks. Oh, bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Lily was like coming at her with a knife. And the only way she could like defend her was to like push her off the balcony. So Lily's worst fears came true. Yep. Someone was in the apartment and they killed her. Mm-hmm. Poor Lily. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, neuroses and psychotic moments aside, mm-hmm. I mean, that really is like, it's like, oh, the paranoia is not real unless they actually have to get you, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, they really were in their own ways out mm-hmm. to get her. Yep. <laughs> and there's a way to express concern for someone that's not breaking into their apartment. Yeah. Well, that was just, that was actually just a lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but even so, that is the dumbest lie. hmm well, in the moment, it seems believable to James because he can't imagine somebody being smarter than him in a situation. Oh. Yeah. So she's, in a way, kind of playing, playing to his vanity. Right. Yeah. So they go, he goes to, like, kill her by, like, choking her to death. Like, he specifically says he wants to kill her with his bare hands. And that's where that abuse eventually leads. Yep. A lot and of usually, times. Yep. But uh, 
she manages to grab the pepper spray that she had uh, and sprays James. And during further struggle, he falls in the hole. Yeah, <laughs> finally. <laughs> so she flees, uh, managing to get back to her car, but she doesn't have the keys because the keys are in the hole. Ugh. And she's like starved and injured, and she just passes out laying against the car, convinced that she's going to die. Yeah. On the side of the road where her car's parked. I mean, because how long, how many days is this in? I think at this point it's been like 11 or 12. Okay, so almost two weeks. Yeah. With infrequent uh, sandwich feedings. Yeah. She wakes up in the hospital with her mother and her sister around. She finds out the king is still alive from one of her coworkers that's been taking care of him. Well, that's good. So... A few months later, James's body is found by a hunter who, like, stalks a deer and, like, the deer falls in the hole. (laughs) And, like, while it's in there, like, freaking at it, like, tears up his corpse. (laughs) What is it? Very descriptive? Uh, not really. Okay. Like, it just says that it it messes the body up, which kind of gives you, like, a moment of relief, too, because it, Mm -hmm. like, seems like it clutters up the crime scene enough that they won't know what happened yeah that they won't be able to connect it back to aurora at all and that's what aurora is hoping for Mm -hmm. well she doesn't know about it just yet uh, okay but the detectives find an audio message on james's phone and james left an audio message to identify aurora as both his murder and lily's murderer Oh, mm-hmm. wow. So the police come by Aurora's apartment a few weeks after her recovery. And uh, also, this is where I identified a possible incorrect use of ironically instead of coincidentally. Okay. And that, that was my only other gripe with the book. Uh, the drive to the station brings her ironically past James's apartment. Or maybe it's intentional, she thinks. that That's the quote. Like, right. is that ironic or is it coincidental in that context? Uh, it kind of just depends on what you're trying to say mm-hmm. as the author, because either one could be used correctly, I think. But I think the way you're reading it, mm-hmm. coincidental would make more sense. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but it's kind of like, oh, isn't it ironic? They're reminding me of his house. Mm-hmm. Like, it could be just bringing it up like salt to the wind kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, I mean, ironically, doesn't not work, but which saying it coincidentally happens just makes it feel like a little too unintentional. So Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Maybe it works better there. I'm not sure. So while she's in the cop car, she admits to herself in the in the car that she purposely drove Lily insane and pushed her off the the balcony to avenge herself on James and doesn't regret it. Oh. Because she feels like James got together with Lily in the exact same way they got together intentionally uh-huh. at Aurora. Right. So she she felt like he was like trying to send her a message through that situation. Wow. Mm-hmm. And we're never inside uh, James's head to like nope. see any of his thoughts either. Nope, he is an enigma. Right. But also, I don't think it ever, throughout both my readings of the book, I don't think we ever find out how the bird got in there. 
Yeah, I don't think it ever brings it up at all. Because Aurora dislikes birds, so she wouldn't have brought one in. She wouldn't have like right. been able to catch one and but, make it that happen. Yeah, but it never says... It never explains what how the bird got into the apartment initially. Okay. So that's just a... Did they have a chimney? <laughs> nope. Because, <laughs> like, in my mind, so. that's what I would... Ex- oh, I got in the, the chimney and got in through the, hmm. the fireplace or something, but... Hmm. Huh. So, yeah, that, that was a thread that never got properly pulled. Yeah. I, I could see... Because, like, my house... <laughs> birds animals mm. you find random stuff because uh, you know old old farmhouse yeah. but if you're in a very modern mm-hmm. like minimalist fancy apartment in mm. seattle i yeah that would be a very unusual thing to happen and not have it be explained yeah she she also remarks how easy it was to send lily over the edge but she also doesn't properly uh credit james with keeping her on edge the entire time right like as far as like driving her crazy God. not literally pushing her over the edge right <laughs> uh, so do we get an explanation of everything aurora actually did like in the apartment and stuff uh yeah let's see yeah she's the one who stole lily's keys okay and well i guess yeah that she would have been the one to let the bird in Somehow, and just didn't notice it. And never mentioned it. Here, birdie, birdie, I got a peanut. <laughs> Here, birdie, birdie. <laughs> it's funny, too, because I was thinking a crow would live a long time mm. in my house, from the crumbs on the floor <laughs> to the bread on the counter. But, yeah, mm. if you have a minimalist house with no kids, mm-hmm. and probably all the food is actually in the fridge or in a cabinet, yeah. a crow would probably die pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, she did also change uh, the schedule on Lily's phone. Oh, so okay. Mm. So nothing really that major, but combine it with James yeah. ignoring. It was these more just happening. Yeah, it was more just pushing an already overtaxed person. Right. Wow. So this is really more. <laughs> this is still James's fault, but Aurora didn't help anything either. <laughs> Like, she was malicious, but it would have never gotten to that point if it weren't for James. Right. Because if a person who isn't neurotic, isn't struggling with those things, they misplace their keys. Oh, I misplaced my keys. Mm. Oh, I found them. It's fine. Oh, a crow got in. I don't know how that happened. Yuck. Sure, set up some cameras. Yeah. But it wouldn't be enough to send you that, you know overwhelm your system that much yeah so but james knows how to pick them i guess Mm -hmm. well those guys do know how to pick that kind of victimology i guess so this was a revenge plot this was a revenge story and like it's kind of satisfying like i'm sad that she was kind of this morally gray person but at the same time i'm glad she got like james got what he deserved so is the story ended on um, her writing to the police yeah. station. Yeah, and that's it, it, it ends. ends with her in the cop car musing to herself. So we don't see, there's no trial yeah, or anything no, like that. No. But we know she's caught. Mm-hmm. She knows she's caught. Yeah, she like kind of accepts it at the end. Yeah. Wow. That was a ride. Mm-hmm. It was really good. Like, I really considered not doing it because I wasn't sure if I could do it like any amount of justice, just how well it was done. Mm-hmm. 
gracious me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Aurora, that narrow-chested bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I think that's appropriate to say at this point. <laughs> uh, maybe that's why she was so insecure. Who knows? My goodness. Uh, it was a lot. So, was the Connor thing ever fully explained? Or he just happened to meet Lily and see her? And yep. that was just a distraction. That was mm-hmm. just red herring. That was just something to set off Lily. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you already had someone who was very vulnerable and in an abusive situation. Yep. And then you have a malicious co-worker who wants to get back at her ex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like Aurora toots her own horn just a little too hard because really the stuff that she was doing really didn't do all that much. It's just everything else that was major. Like most of it was James and she was afraid about Connor revealing her past. That was the main Real factors, I think. Wait, so is Connor in Aurora's past or in Lily's past? That was Lily's past. Lily's past. Yeah, yeah. Lily got abused, sexually assaulted by her dad in North Carolina, yep. and then ran away to Seattle. Yep. But Aurora always lived in Seattle, or we don't really know. I think so, because in the hospital, I, I think her her support network is her, family is yeah, there. Okay. is like nearby enough to right. Yeah. Bam Bam? Yes. What would you rate this wreck? <sighs> Give us a grade. Uh, on a grammatical and writing level, I give it an A. But on how well, or on how it hurt my feelings, I, I give it a D. Because my feelings were very, very rot and torn at the at the end of this book. This reminds me of when I was in college... We had, uh, I was in a writing class and we had to um, read several The New Yorker short stories and those were the same. They Mm. were well written and they made me want to die. Yep. Like the one was this old man who was a hoarder and he took in a pet rat and he (laughs) fed it and then it became hundreds of rats and they ate him. Oh God. And that was the story. Yeah. And it was like, does my teacher just want me to kill myself? Like, why did you put me through this? Uh, but it was, like, to help you learn, like, this evokes this emotion, and right. that's what this writing does. Yeah. And this is how you evoke these emotions and do these things, and this is technically well done, but it made you feel bad. Ooh. And, like, but I really felt like they just chose so many gut-wrenching, awful stories that semester. I was like, I can't deal with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this author is very good at that, being able to evoke a feeling in a reader so i i give my golf clap to this author you did very well four out of five bands nice well that was a ride Hmm. but i can't wait up ahead we have a planet called treason by orson scott card yeah i'm really looking forward to that i'm very excited about that just rag on stuff but Mm -hmm. also have some Really fun, interesting talks in there, too. Hmm. I enjoy this. And we hope you enjoyed it, too. Why don't you uh, give us an email at uh, biblioreks at gmail.com. We are at biblioreks on all of the socials. Thank you, Jay, for being our producer and silently laughing and clapping when we are trying to make a joke. 
thank you listeners for being here and we will catch you next time thanks guys bye Thank you, BiblioFreaks, geeks, and lovers, for joining us today. Send your Biblio recommendations to bibliorex at gmail.com. We're also at Bibliorex on Patreon and all the socials. Thank you for all the bad books and good laughs. Goodbye.